everyone. Welcome to part two of my interview with Elliot Jackson. If you haven't listened to part one, it's up on iTunes, so you can check that out there. In part two, we talk about how to become a pro racer, uh, Elliot's competition with his little brother, and what Elliot does when he's not riding. So here you go, part two of the interview. So I have a, a question for you about kind of transitioning from um, a being a, like a privateer to finding your your first team. I mean, if I I'm I'm slow as hell, so I'm never going to race on a team. But for somebody <laughs> somebody who might listen and you know they're they feel like they're pretty fast in their local races and yeah. they kind of want to transition to to being able to ride uh, World Cup and and maybe get a little bit support of support. So how did you how did you kind of make that that jump? So I have like a I think an interesting take on this. Um, I don't think like I think people put way too much emphasis on having sponsors. Um, be, I mean, obviously you need some type of support so you can do what like you know get to the races and have a bike that works. Um, but for me, like my first year as a privateer, I um, I was lucky. I convince my mom to like help me and use like the first two years of my college fund for <laughs> just, like support my racing or whatever the first year. And, um, and so I just said, okay, I'm going to do my whole goal was to race a world cup. And so I did my research or whatever. And I was like, okay, I need to get my pro license um, so I can race these races to give UCI points. And so I like went to Sea Otter and like won the Cat 1 race. And then I went to some um, local SoCal race that was sanctioned, won that one, and I got my license. And then I um, went to my friends and I had planned this trip where we did Lake Tahoe Pro GRT, went to Canada for two weeks, and we like hit Whistler, hit like two of the um, other resorts and we had emailed all of them and said hey we're going to do a story for you um, we'll put it on pink bike and we'll write up all this stuff and so we got free lodging while we were there and then after we did that we drove down to national champs and I think before that trip we I went to Platakill like the New York Pro GRT mm -hmm. and at the time it was really really difficult to get points because the American races were kind of big so you'd have like giant and track and everywhere so like to get a top 10 was hard and um so i crashed there didn't get any points went to tahoe got seventh but that didn't give points and so i was like okay <laughs> and went to um went to national champs and i like qualified fifth and i was like okay this is awesome um i only need like a top 15 i think to get 20 point 20 uci points and then i can race and um ended up crashing. I was like on the run of my life. <laughs> I crashed like over this jump, uh, near like right near the bottom and ended up getting like 22nd or something like that. Oh no. I know. And so I was like, Oh my God, are you serious? And, uh, talked to the USA cycling guy and was like, you know, like I really want to race a world cup. Like, can you do anything? Like I didn't, I'd read the rule book like so many times and I was like, okay, so like, can you get me on the national team and like, can we do this? And he's like, Oh, well the Wyndham spots are 
really hard because so many people, you know, it's the first year that there's an American World Cup and blah, blah, blah. And um, so I was like, okay, well, what about Italy? And Valdosol was like the next weekend. And um, he was like, yeah, like we can get you on the national team for Valdosol. And I was like, yes, like <laughs> I made it, you know. And, and so for me, and then I, I did Valdosol and then I went to Crankworks and like did pretty good at Crankworks. And um, I had got some publicity uh, like kind of throughout the year and at Valdosol, like I, in my qualifier, I was doing, um, there was like a jump at the top. You had to gap over some roots and I didn't make it and smashed my, my chain guide and my chain fell off. And then like, I was like, tried to pedal and I was like, oh my God, like I'm not going to have a chain for this whole run. So I was like, okay, just, you know, pin it like the typical, <laughs> like no chain thing. Like, and then my derailleur broke off and went into my spokes and like, Oh, was God. like, yeah, like breaking my spokes out and I was still like pinned and like my brother has a video of me like coming by at the, at the very end and like my bike's rattling around. You can see my wheel <laughs> rattling and I ended up qualifying, I think like 73rd or something. So I like just barely made it in, but I was like, I made it in and like in finals, I ended up getting like 67th, like cause I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just trying as hard as I could in qualifying. Like that was all I had, you know, and like I had a good run and got 67th or whatever and went to Crankworks and did good and then Wyndham and um, got like 54th or whatever. And so for me, I think it's so much more important to, if you're going to race, like if you just want to be a racer, then just pick races that you're good at and go there and do good. Like it doesn't, I think maybe in the past it's been more about exposure and saying, okay, hey, like, I'm going to give you visibility because I'm at, you know, X number of races. Um, whereas now, I think you can make a more compelling case by saying, hey, I went to um, Lake Tahoe, Crankworks, and, like, this one World Cup, and I did good at all of them, you know? And if you could give me support, then I could go to all the rest of these races and do really good as well, you know? And so picking, like knowing what you're good at and like picking races that you for sure are going to do good at, um, I think is like way more important. Um, and to like, as kind of bad as it sounds, like if you win, like if I went to Crankworks and won, like I'm going to get a ride. Like it's not, there's no like politics or anything involved. Like I'm, somebody's gonna give me a ride if I win Crankworks. So I think like a lot of people get caught up and think like, okay, I, can't do what I want to do because, um, you know, I, I need money to be able to go to all these places and then like I have to write a resume and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, just make sure you're good enough and then go to a race and do really well. And, you know, and you're going to get a ride, but there's like so many more things that you can do, um, to get sponsors. Like it's more about finding, I wrote like an article decline about this and I, I think it's more about knowing what makes you unique so if you know like with Bernard you know he does he does Stoppy Sunday and so he's providing like so much more value for his sponsors than just the guy who's getting 10th place like there is a lot of like you know French riders who most people I don't think they would even know their names and they're incredible riders but like they're not gonna sell as many bikes as like someone even like um adam brayton or someone where like 
he has a niche where he's like putting up videos and he's like doing he's known for things and like cool guy and like gas to flat you know what i mean and so like he's providing value in that way right i think there's just so many different ways like you don't that you don't need money um if you want to just go out and do um do videos with your friends or if you want to make a blog or if you want to like be the best guy at um instagram or if you want to like be the funniest guy like win like he provides value from his like antics and his win tv and like all of his instagram posts and stuff like that so i think there's like even if you don't have money i think there's so many different ways and if you just want to be a racer i think the most important thing to do would just be to pick like as many races as you can afford that you're gonna kill it at and go and kill it there (laughs) cool yeah that's uh that's interesting advice. I mean, I hadn't, I don't think I'd ever thought about it, uh, like that about like kind of a value proposition for, for potential, um, sponsors or like for people to, to help you do what you, you love. Cause I mean, ultimately I think in the end, as you said, um, you know, if you really want to be doing all the races and you want to be kind of Mm -hmm. out there, you do need support eventually. Right. Right. Uh, but to get there, like you know you gotta you gotta find what you're best at yeah definitely i think too like from um just coming from like a sport where there was maybe more and like a sport where there's more competition and less um you know it wasn't social media then and and stuff like that like the only way that you were gonna get sponsored is if you were beating the people that were on their team and so like that's like something like if you and people always say that, like, oh, like, now it's like, oh, well, I beat, you know, this guy. Like, all the people, I got, like, 28th at Sea Otter, and so I'm sure, like, all the people that beat me are like, man, like, give me give me his ride. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, you could go to Pivot and be like, hey, man, like, why are you sponsoring this guy? Like, And so, like, now I think it's it does have a lot to do with, like, the value you're providing and, like, the the races that matter as well, you know? Like, if you, the races, like, the World Cups people really, really pay attention to, and then like Crankworks as well. Like both of those can really like kind of jumpstart a career, right? Um, but I think like for us in motocross, like it wasn't really, you didn't really expect to get sponsored until you were, until you're winning. You know, like that's kind of how how it worked. Like you go out and win, um, win a race or like get a top five, and then you're you then you go and talk to these guys because you have something to show um and uh and i think like i always think of like ryan dungy's story where he went to because i i raced ryan dungy and like obviously he was way better than me but like or raced during the same time we were in the same class but like wasn't beating him but and he wasn't like a big name or anything like that like he wasn't a big amateur, like really like superstar or whatever. But he went to Roger DeCoster, the team manager for factory Suzuki. And he said, um, you know, just watch me and, you know, watch how hard I work and watch what I'm doing and watch how much I want it. And like, maybe cause I want to ride for you guys, you know? And mm-hmm. so you're like, he, Roger would, would have never like even known who he was, you know, like he didn't even know who he was before he came up to him. And so I think, like, people also kind of just throw out such a huge net. 
And so it's like, you know, sending out the resumes and it's like, dear sir, madam, <laughs> I would like to ride for your like, you know, and just copy and paste like different different people's emails and stuff like that right. in there. Yeah. And, I, uh, or like names. I Sorry to interrupt. I will definitely no, no. say I, so I worked for um, Boss for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, and just in my, in my job at the, uh, I was the manager of the customer service department. And so I would get a lot of the emails from people who are doing exactly that. And you can see, <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> dear, yeah. dot, 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 boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would really like to ride for boss. I <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so funny. Like, yeah. I, yeah, it's just like, a, it's so interesting, like, because I don't think a lot of people realize, like, both of you guys have to line up, like, so if I want, if I just want some product or whatever, I have to find a sponsor that just wants to give me product for, like, what I'm doing, you know what I mean? Like, both people's expectations have to line up, and so, yeah, like, if I get that email, I'm like, so you really don't care about me, you're just, <laughs> you just want some free stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, to, to change uh, topics just a little bit, um, I'm curious. So you're, you know, now you're uh, a rider on a factory team and you have people like me who come and are like, Elliot, you're my favorite rider on the, <laughs> on the downhill circuit. And uh, I mean, you're hanging out with, with other people like that all the time. And how do you, how do you guys like kind of, either tune it out or just stay, stay like humbled, stay like focused on your, your thing. I mean, I, I imagine that, you know, if you have people coming and like asking you for autographs at, uh, after races, you've got to like take a step back every so often and be like, all right, I'm still just Elliot Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think like, um, it's still crazy to me. I, I think, like, for me, I'm I'm not like, oh, yeah, like, these fans, you know? Like, <laughs> I it's still, like, it's so, I, yeah, humbling and, and just crazy that people enjoy what I do that much, you know, and, and enjoy watching me ride and enjoy seeing me, like, doing what I love. So every time, you know, somebody messages me on Facebook or comes up to talk to me, I want to give them, you know, all the attention that they they want because I, I think we've all been there you know like looking up to someone and you know you could go up to them and be like hey like what's up and then just saying like hey what's up you're like oh hey uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I always say like it's like talking to uh it's like yelling at a girl or something like that like you <laughs> you right. like holler at a girl from the window and you're like hey like Hey, and then like you wouldn't expect them to be like, yeah, what, what do you want? And you'd be like, oh, um, uh, I didn't think, okay, I'm going to go see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I think like, I, I remember being that kid, um, you know, at the motocross races or even downhill races. Like when I first went to the Battle Soul, I like couldn't believe, like, I remember I introduced myself to Brendan and Troy and I was like, hey, like. I know you guys probably don't know who I am, but I know who you are, and, <laughs> and you know, and I'm this kid that's right. I'm like, I'm racing them. What are you? <laughs> but yeah, I think it's. I think 
mountain biking is really good for that. You don't really have anyone that's like um, too too good for vans and stuff. So it's really like it's really accessible um, to be able to talk to to talk to all the people that you admire. And I think all the people have a good grasp on that. That you know you're doing something that's awesome and doing doing something that you love and and you should you know not get too smug about it right and do you uh i wonder if you have moments when you're like i don't know if you go like training for the day and you just have like a shitty day of training and you have to like step back and be like i do this for a career like i ride (laughs) i ride (laughs) as a job right now (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's every day for sure (laughs) no yeah for sure i think like you know there's always going to be parts of your job that you that you aren't stoked on or like not every day you're going to go out and want to do downhill runs or or whatever it is but uh yeah i i mean i wouldn't wouldn't choose anything else and you know, I'm super thankful for for being able to do it. You know, uh, it's uh, it's great that that you've got to this point. Um, I'm curious. So, your brother rides BMX for We the People, and do you have like any kind of uh, competition between you two? Like, uh, if you got riding together, or um, is there, or or do you guys like kind of um, almost create like a support network for each other and you see something he does and be like, oh, I want to do that kind of thing. Like how, how is it having somebody else who rides professionally in your family? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool. Like when we, cause we both stopped racing motocross at the same time and then he, um, started riding BMX and then got sponsored and then turned pro and stuff. So he's kind of been, he's kind of led the charge in that sense. And, um, it's really like cool. Like I could never do any of the, any of the stuff that he does like rails and you know all these crazy bunny hops and stuff like that um and so it is like it's really cool like to have somebody that knows what it takes to do something and like some of the you know the pressure and stuff that comes along with it i think for us like the competitive side is if we go out and ride motocross, <laughs> like both of us, like because he didn't, he didn't ride for a long time, like probably like six or seven years. And then just lately, like he's kind of been getting back into it. And like, I've kept kind of riding. And then with downhill, I think I'm probably faster now than when I stopped. And, uh, and so like, I'm not as rusty as him. And, and so like, he's, <laughs> he still remembers like being able to beat me and I'll, <laughs> and like I'm right there, like I'll pass him or whatever. And I think he's like, ah, like what are you doing? Like get out of here, you know? That's funny. Um, yeah, that's I. I can imagine that if you have like that one thing in common, that now you're better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always talked about um, <laughs> like <laughs> when when I first started riding mountain bikes, he was like, man, like what is what is this like? Like a lot of these people, like man, he because he I went to Valdosol with my mom and my brother, and he walked up the track and like seeing, it's like some of the, like, out of the top eighty people like back then, there it wasn't nearly as competitive as it is now, and like people would be like walking sections and like all kind of stuff, 
and um, and so he was like, man, I think I could qualify for this. Like, give me, <laughs> like let me ride. And so like nobody knew who I was at the time. And so I um, just gave him my gear and gave him my bike, and I uh, I let him do like a run down the down track. <laughs> And he so do? He, he ended up getting a flat on the way to the start, but he still like rode it. And he was saying like, it was so funny because like he would come to a section and like people would be like, Oh, like how do we do this or whatever? And like, he would be like, Oh man, <laughs> like, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> like, whatever. Like, he was just like one of the guys or whatever. And so like he made it down. He was like, you know, that's like one of the more gnarly ones. So, I think he was like, oh, I guess this stuff is like kind of hard, but yeah, I think I, I think I could still do it. You know? uh, because he makes, uh, you know, edits. Obviously, in I think in BMX, a lot of, I mean, it seems like his, uh, just like his style of riding lends itself to, to making videos. Does that kind of influence the the way that you make? Uh, videos as well or like that I mean I assume that you work with people who are who are doing the editing but um, mm-hmm. that like do you kind of see that and say like ooh I would like to try to you know maybe incorporate some of the a cool style or something from uh, one of his videos into yours yeah I think both of us kind of like we grew up uh, watching a lot of like skate videos and stuff like that so for him he's like one of the first people that kind of incorporated um doing lines into bmx you know like you know bar spin this and then pedal around and then do this rail and then come over here and like 180 this or whatever instead of just like clip 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 right and um that's something that i kind of like as well like longer longer stuff i just in the video recently that i did in queenstown there's one clip where you can see a whole like I come down and I do this like left turn and then right turn and then like slap this and then slap that or whatever. And that's like, that's my favorite clip that I've ever done just because it's not just like a, you know, half a second shot of me like roosting a turn or whatever. It's like a whole thing. You can get a sense of, of like the speed or like the trail and like some of the cool like turns and stuff like that. Cause I really like to show off the trail and stuff. Mm hmm. And um, so I think maybe that's something that we've we've got that I've like taken from it. Cool. Is there are there any like uh, mountain bike you know people who've made videos that you'd like to work with because they've done um, you know they've done like particularly uh, cool cool edits as well or um, my favorite people to work with is definitely the Parkins. Everything that I've ever done with them always turns out amazing and they always they always get stuff like first try and like yeah it's working with them is is really really awesome so i always look forward to working with them um i think if there's anyone else that i haven't worked with that i would really you know I, i grew up like watching the earth earth videos and um my favorite mountain bike movie is this movie called three focus Mm -hmm. and um it was like a world cup movie kind of like kind of like earth but like had world cup footage and and stuff like that and um i'm not sure who who made that but that was really awesome to me like all the old school i man i've watched all those videos so much when i was first getting into it just anything that had world cup stuff in it i was like on repeat (laughs) but um 
yeah, yeah. I haven't ever worked with any of those people, but that could be like a cool thing to work with somebody who's made some of the old school videos. So outside of writing, uh, I mean, you, you've talked about starting your own, um, like music production, um, business or like studio, uh, starting a studio. Are you still, is that still going? Um, or is that something that you've kind of put on hold while you, uh, while you race? It, it was like kind of put on hold. Um, so I would still do some stuff like in the past few years, but now my studio is at my parents' house and they just sold their house, um, in May. So like I had to put all my stuff in storage. So now I'm like out of a studio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think it would definitely be something I'd like to still do. I love music and like mixing and recording and stuff like that. But it was definitely, um, I, I didn't really have time to do it as well as I would have liked to. So I didn't really do it as much, you know, just like if it, I would still do like some friends bands in the off season every now and then, but I would have liked to kind of kept, kept it going and like, kind of just like with anything else like you get a reputation um and that reputation kind of carries you to some bigger and better product or projects and without that then you can't really do what you want it was kind of you know i uh i had some people and they we're like, okay, cool. Like, when are we going to do like this next album or whatever? And it's like, oh, actually, no, I'm going to go and race again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, as soon as it started really picking up, I went to race again. So. Um, but do you think like that's definitely something that you'll, you know, down the line eventually that you, you'll pick up again, um, kind of, you know, after after you're too old to and broken, and, uh... <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. definitely like I I love it. Like I don't know. I've had mixed views about doing it as a career. Um, I really love it. I think it's something that I'll always do. Like when I get a house, like for sure I'll have a studio. Um, but I don't know if that would. I would like that to be my only source of income because it is really, really, really competitive and really, really difficult. You know, even, I mean, it's similar to to sports, how you can be um, unbelievable, but not be getting paid because you didn't do the last like Miley Cyrus record or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, um, I can imagine that it's it, like, if you're not, if you're not able to devote just your life to it, yeah, and like get that break, right? Somehow get lucky and and get that band that blows up. Um, so what uh, what do you do like when you're not when you're not riding, you're not training, you're not you know, either on the road, um, you know, going to going to races or uh, at home, you know, in that in that month you have off a year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, I think I'm, I'm like a pretty big nerd. I read a lot. Um, I like, uh, statistics and stuff and like programming and 
like yeah I'll when I'm on the road that's kind of like what I do I do like um, a lot of reading a lot of like listen to a lot of podcasts and I do like a lot of stuff with the stock market and then when I'm at home I'm kind of more normal guy like I kind of just you know hang out with friends um, take trips I went to the east coast a few years ago and like rode posh and caddy uh, that was like a really cool thing for me because so I kind of just like float around just be happy do whatever I feel like would make me happy what do you read um a lot of I've kind of I kind of bounce back and forth between fiction and nonfiction, but I read like a lot of like pop psychology like Malcolm Gladwell um and then a lot of like pop pop businessy books like um <laughs> <laughs> like zero to one by peter Thiel and this book called super forecasters really cool um and then fiction i read like dan brown like mystery thrillers i feel like i read the same book over and over again <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody's like the world's in danger and then they like have to save it and they save it the last minute I just read that book over and over again i uh i hear that i do the same thing in fiction <laughs> i read a lot of like the um just like spy thrillers <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like mysteries yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should read um i am pilgrim i am pilgrim that's like it's it's like so i don't want to put you off because i know i will but I, it's like 800 pages but it's so <laughs> good like you'll be like man i wish that book was like twice as long it would never end but uh, it's kind of like a, a spy kind of thriller to to finish up i i have just like some kind of quick hit uh questions for you um so yeah i didn't i didn't prepare you for this at all but (laughs) that's good um this first one i guess is kind of uh you're a a sponsored writer so i think i know the answer to this but uh shimano or sram oh shimano um you you answered this earlier but uh best biking movie or yeah. video. <laughs> <laughs> three three focus for sure. Coffee or beer? Oh, coffee. Uh what's your favorite piece of gear? And can you give a two word review for that? Oh, that's a good one. Probably my shoes. My Giro shoes. The chambers. <laughs> um and the review would be like a glove. Ah, that's that's more than two words, but uh, well, well, it'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had only one place to ride for the rest of your life, where would it be? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really hard. I'm trying to think what I would rather ride, like jump trails, or I don't know. <laughs> uh, I guess probably well, i don't know um i guess it would have to be whistler i don't know though like queenstown's really good as well like okay whistler okay <laughs> <laughs> um what's a tip that's helped you out either in your writing or in life in general i think don't don't be afraid to to ask for help or like approach people that you think are unapproachable 
because yeah, you'd be surprised at who will be responsive. And then also don't be afraid to fail. What's your favorite post ride drink? Mm, Steve's iced tea. Uh, all right, so I have uh, I have some bad news for you, Elliot. You're about to be uh, sentenced to death, or you're about to be put to death. What's your <laughs> What's your last oh. meal? Uh, um, I need an entree, a dessert, and a beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Entree is California rolls. Um, my dessert is like a pizuki, like a you know the the pan cookies. Oh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my beverage is uh, white Russian. The last question. So uh, a documentary is going to be made about your life. What genre is it, and who plays you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's um, like a... it's a, Okay, it's a comedy, but Leonardo DiCaprio plays me. <laughs> I feel like that could be good. He could make it good. You bring the bring the drama into the comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, Elliot, do you want to give some love to your sponsors? Yeah, um, I'd like to thank Pivot, Pivot Cycles, uh, Fly Racing, Raceface, Fox, Maxis, Reynolds, Giro, and BTO, and Stance Socks. All right. Well, um, I think that's. Uh... That's everything. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been awesome. So that was my interview with Elliot Jackson. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And thank you to Elliot for his time uh, recording this. If you enjoyed the podcast, please, please, please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, Leave a comment. It's uh, hugely important to me. And I really, really appreciate it. And any feedback that you might have, I definitely will take into account. So thank you all again, and I'll see you next week.